This is a financial promotion. If you decide to invest, please remember that investment involves risk. Investments can go up and down in value, so you can get back less than what you put in. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance and may not be repeated. Good morning, listeners. It's um, hopefully you've tuned in to listen to Shannon Lancaster and myself, Sam Dovey, to talk about an update on our newly launched product, Ravenscroft Global Solutions. And for those um, that that may not know the product or indeed um, haven't seen anything that we've done on it, um, Shannon's just going to give you a brief introduction as to how it's structured and what it's really set out to do. So hi everyone, yeah, as a bit of an introduction, um, the fund is, to be quite honest, nothing new. Um, There's no new process, no new themes. Um, We're just really um, delving deeper into those themes and finding more niche um, thematic investment opportunities in them. Um, And the real focus of Global Solutions is focusing on um, the key issues that face people and planet. Um, So we're looking at investable opportunities um, in terms of themes like basic needs, emerging equality, energy transition, resource scarcity um, and environmental solutions. Um, It's a 100% equity fund of funds um, and like I said it's the same team, same process um, and the same thematic way of of investing that you'll all um, probably be quite familiar with if you're um, already Ravenscroft investors or, or if you've attended any of our previous presentations or listened to any of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think it's a really good thing to highlight, you know, like they, there is no change to what we have, you know, necessarily been, been doing for, for well over a decade. Um, you know, Shannon and myself work extremely hard uh, in, in looking at new investment opportunities um, that hit our fundamental bottom-up quality um, way that we look at the world in this highly in a highly thematic way and it and it's nothing new in, in regards to this particular product I mean we've been working on it for what 18 months two years really Shannon a long old time and there are some familiar faces in there there's names like um, Pictet Global Environmental Opportunities um, held in growth which is held <laughs> in um, the growth fund and Sam has spoken about at previous presentations um, and some um, investment houses that we've known for a long time, like Schroeder's, um, 91. Um, yeah, so there's been uh, a few new funds that we have had the pleasure of meeting over the past couple of weeks as we've returned to regular travel, which has been uh, really enjoyable, actually. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I think I maybe should highlight one thing. There are a number of new funds that sit within this this new product. Um, and like we said, there's been no change to what we do. And a lot of these fund managers, um, we did... M- initially meet um, over the pandemic so all our meetings took place um, over zoom as with everything um, no matter whether it's in global solutions or any other multi-manager product that we offer um, we do have to speak to the managers that are involved I think the the good thing is is that we've spoken to every single one of them like we said over zoom or teams or whatever provider they prefer to use Um, and now that we're back on the road and we're traveling um, we finally get to meet these managers these brand new managers in some cases um, face to face which has been absolutely fascinating and we're going to touch upon those in in a moment so um, as we've said um, is the global solutions fund is 100% equity invested via fund of funds and the performance objective of that fund is uh, long-term capital growth. Now, it's been up and running now for for 
two months so that's not technically long term but we just thought it would be quite nice to see how the fund has performed uh, since inception so over to Shannon she's got a lovely graph um, that, that she can talk you through exactly what's happened. So since the fund has launched at the end of March and like Sam said it's a very short time frame we're looking at we're well aware of that um, the fund has fallen um, just over three percent um, and the MSCI world um, which is the benchmark has fallen four so we're pleased that even though we're positioned nothing like the MSCI world, um, which has benefited from things like energy and financials, um, the fund has performed better um, and actually held up better during those drawdown periods um, and recovered just um, just as well. So we've been really pleased with that. I think that comes down to the beauty of portfolio construction, right? So we've been able to add defensive like attributes such as whether it be food and water or you know or nutrition or indeed like you know emerging markets which act slightly differently mm-hmm. to to you know the MSCI world and i think overall i think we're fairly pleased with the way that you know the performance has been it it's never you know great to start a new product and you're down but I think given the investment um, scenarios in which we're looking at and what is going on around the world um, you know I think from my personal point of view and I invested on day one um, I'm actually fairly pleased with performance Mm -hmm. you know on a relative basis. I think um, what's been pleasing is like you said the funds that we thought um, from doing the work we we believed would act more um would provide more perfect protection on the downside or act more defensively they've done that yeah um and our emerging markets funds in particular um as a bucket have held up really well so there's three funds in that space um and they've all outperformed the msci emerging markets since launch which has been really good um, but in particular there's a fund um that we actually had the pleasure of meeting the team um uh, quite recently in London and it's been really one of our it was probably one of our um favorite funds going into the going into global solutions not that you should have favorites but they were really really good not that we pick our favorite children (laughs) but um it's a they have a fantastic team and a fantastic process and it was a real pleasure to meet them and it was a real eye-opener um they're very transparent and open and um yeah maybe Sam can elaborate more on that yeah so we um so the team that we met actually um are based in London um are the ex uh Stuart team and the fund that we're going to be taught well the fund that we met or the fund managers that we met are is um Akia Global Emerging Markets um we first started talking to them probably um, I would say nine, 12 months ago. Uh, it's a relatively new fund um, in which they, they've they've launched, but like we know that they have been investing in this space for many decades. There is an enormous amount of process and, and people and experience, everything that you want out of a fund management team we get in mm-hmm. Akia. And and I must admit, you, you hope that when you meet these fund managers that you've met over Zoom and you're, you know, suitably impressed with and, and you know, we've decided, you know, to allocate, ask them to be stewards of your capital, you know, they're as impressive in real life as they are over, you know, mm-hmm. the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must say, the meeting that we had um, in the middle of May went really, really well. Um, as... 
avid listeners or investors of our products will know, um, we ask all our fund managers to be open, honest and transparent. And part of that is to have annual meetings face to face where we set agendas, where we ask them questions. Um, We ask them specific questions in regards to their portfolio and their team and their housekeeping. And then we also ask them more generic questions as to what is happening in the market, whether it be, you know, the volatility that we're experiencing, supply chain issues, or indeed something like mm. inflation. And it was really interesting. So we did ask Akia about inflation. And what did they say, Shannon? <laughs> Well, um, Ashish, who is the lead manager of the fund, um, did make us all laugh and give us really a dose of reality. Um, he's been investing in emerging markets for um, maybe 30 years now, nearly. Yeah. Um, and some members of the team have even been investing for longer. Um, and he said, basically, um, it's nothing new for them. Um, in emerging markets, double-digit inflation is the norm. Um, and a level of volatility like this is completely, it's just a normal day of investing in emerging markets. Yeah, not so no- much for developed markets, right? But definitely in emerging. Yeah. So I suppose they're watching the developed markets um, almost chuckling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's a taste of what we've been experiencing forever. And I think what they had said is that they had actually been embracing this heightened volatility to top up positions that they knew were solid businesses um, and really reevaluating their entire portfolio, which is mainly consumer staples and healthcare focus. So it is it's quite a defensive emerging markets portfolio um, in the first place. It doesn't have a lot of the big tech exposure mm-hmm. names that were really hurt um, at the end of last year and the start of this year. Um, the kind of Tencent and Alibaba's sure. of the world. Um, you know, as we've spoke with them before, Alibaba is one of their uninvestable. Um, the kind of IKEA philosophy is they invest in in people. So they, um, corporate governance is a massive part of their process, um, as well as valuation, discipline um, and quality of the stock and the financials underneath. Um, but investing in the people is something that we really, um, really liked because it's actually, I suppose, what we would consider partly what we're doing when we pick a fund manager is you're investing in the process and the portfolio, but you're investing in, in you know, people. in that in that person to, yeah. to run the fund. Yeah. Um, and Akia is run to provide some kind of downside protection, and it's done that. Yeah, so that's we perfect, are. Then. Yeah. Really and pleased. I think you know, they've also spoken. They we do we did talk more about inflation. You know, they have uh, spoken that there are certain points in their portfolio that they think actually could act quite defensively or you know maybe embrace Mm -hmm. the inflationary world in which in which we may be living um and they gave us a couple of examples didn't they yeah so i think they said um for lots of reasons they don't own resource companies um which are traditionally seen as inflation hedges um so really how do they look at protecting their portfolio Mm -hmm. uh, during periods of spikes of inflation Um, And what they told us was, um, you know, as many people will know, emerging markets benefit from resources um, price inflation and almost 20% of the um, geographical exposure of the fund is actually in emerging markets that will benefit um, from price inflation. It's like um, like the Latin Americas. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Brazil, the Chile, the Malaysia, um, South Africa, um, things like that. So the domestic economic conditions also do well. So that will help their consumer franchises on the ground. 
um, which is pleasing. I think they give the example of um, a Chilean bank in particular, that um, Banco de Chile. I'm not going to not going to butcher it with my accent. Um, <laughs> Chile is an economy that's highly exposed to um, copper prices, so yeah. we know when copper price goes up, the bank does does yeah. well. So rather than own that Antofagasta of the world, they'll own you know the banking mm-hmm. arm that will benefit exactly. from from that. Yeah, I, in in the way that they invest, that definitely does mm-hmm. make sense, doesn't it? And actually leads quite nicely on to the other part of their portfolio which should do quite well in times of inflation and um, which is their financials mm-hmm. um, and they would be I think they were quite quite clear when they stressed to us that their financials are simple deposit taking franchises they're not these big complex you know they've got an arm in investment banking an arm in some other kind of lending yeah um, it's just the simple you know mom and pop bank as yeah. they describe it um, well, you take customer deposits and you lend it out, right? Yeah. And it, in and that's why we've never really had any issue with investing in financials in emerging markets, whereas we tend to be a little bit more cautious in the developed world. Exactly. Um, totally agree. And that's um, something they would echo as well. Um, but those businesses should do well um, because obviously rising inflation will lead to longer, um, higher long-term bond yields, which will typically um, improve profitability of banks and insurance businesses. Um, so I think over 20% of the um, fund is actually invested in financials at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think the portfolio is well protected in general. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Have they, um, over the last six months or so, have they, they bought any new um, companies over over the heightened volatility? Have they, they, oh, did they not buy Metian? Oh, they did, yes. They yeah. did buy another name I can't pronounce, Sam. Thank you. Metian Dieping. <laughs> which you can pronounce. Uh, like I said, they're well used to volatility, so they've been topping up their favourites and adding a couple of new ones yeah. in. I think um, that stock had been on their on their watch list for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think it got to a position that they yeah. um, thought the valuation was more sensible than it had previously yeah. been. And, and that's not just something we've seen across Akia, actually, because we've been doing a number of fund manager meetings over over the month of May, where we've been going into London and, and, and speaking to global equity managers as well, which are, aren't necessarily held in global solutions. But the volatility that we have seen in the market um, has presented these opportunities whereby companies that tick all their boxes in terms of the quality metrics they look for, whether it's the management team, whether it's the low leverage, the return on invested capital, the free cash flow, it has always been the price that has eluded them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, as the market has retraced since the end of, of, of 2021, it has brought the, those companies into into basically, you know, their buying opportunity. They're and, getting and, their buying boots on. Oh, but yes. not they're not backing the truck up. No, no, they're, they're still running. Some of them are still running with quite a lot of cash, aren't they? Yeah. When we do our look through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, I don't think we're at the Nadir. Um, in fact, <laughs> we, we spoke to another fund manager on the same day. Um, uh, Mark Rogers, who runs the Montanaro Better World, um, that also sits in in Global Solutions. Um, it also sits at the other end of performance, actually, for this year. It's been one of our most painful positions. Um, but he, too, has, has been looking at these investment opportunities. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if um, you want to give them, a, you know, our listeners a brief... Mm-hmm. You know, introduction to the fund. It, it's a fascinating, like, investment opportunity. The way that they look at the world. 
Um, so Montanaro Better World um, is um, a SMID focus fund, meaning it invests in small to mid cap businesses. Um, and they're actually looking to make a positive impact on the world um, through a list of um, six themes that they have selected. So this can be things like environmental protection, um, the green economy, healthcare, um, innovation, nutrition and well-being. So all things that, you know, we're quite familiar with and chime quite well, quite nicely with our existing themes. Um, and they basically um, would like to invest in high quality businesses that align with those themes and through active ownership, um, they get to know the businesses and really follow them on, on their uh, investment journey. Um, they do invest <clears throat> for impact, don't they? They so do, I think yeah. they, like, for those that may not know, there's definitely different types of investments that we've invested in, mm-hmm. um, in Global Solutions. And, and this is one of them, probably one of the funds that we, they invest for impact. So they would say ESG is all to do about operation operational issues whereas impact is the actual physical outcome those products or services of the companies in which they invest have on the world Mm -hmm. and it actually makes it i think it makes them a article nine fund uh if you don't know what that is you can google it or just feign shana and she'll be able to just avoid that rabbit hole altogether and enjoy your life without (laughs) knowing what article nine is um, but yeah, so basically a positive impact fund uh, means it's run um, with the main objective to make a you know positive impact in the world, like you just said, and through the themes that we've just mentioned. Um, but they're also um, a quality growth manager. So it should, sure. there should be stocks in there. Um, you know, it, it's not a charity. It's not philanthropy. The no. stocks in there are um, profitable businesses. They're just small to mid cap. Um, and like I mentioned briefly before, the engagement side of things, they have a real opportunity to... Um, really get to know these management teams and have constructive um, engagement with them because they are smaller um, and they aren't significant shareholders of many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, we do um, ownership and liquidity work of all our underlying portfolios for all of our funds. Um, and there are no, there are no you know, massive, uh, ridiculous stakes in there, but they do own enough that they should be listened to. But so. having a seat at the table is important, exactly. is exactly. what they would say. Um, yes, yeah, so, but so it sounds great, but it's been, um, they've had a rough start to the year, um, mostly because small to mid cap stocks have just been out of favour. Mm. And there has been a bit of a um, rotation um, out of quality growth into value, yeah. um, which we felt, uh, you know, along all of our funds sure. and all, in all, you know, income balance growth, everything has been yeah. hit. Um, there's been nowhere to hide. Um, thankfully, we didn't own bonds. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it was actually one of their worst months ever in January this year um, for Montanaro Better World. Um, so it was that double whammy, really, of being small mid-cap focused and that rotation um, out of quality growth and that being out of favour that hurt them. Um, but we're still, after meeting the manager, we couldn't be actually more um, confident or comfortable with the process mm-hmm. and the outlook for the fund. Yeah. Um, he was um, he was realistic. He was slightly more positive than the re- some of our other fund managers we've spoken to, um, and he's very happy with how the fund is positioned. They've topped up areas that they believe um, look attractive. Um, they mentioned a couple of stock specifics like um, Trex, which is the world's largest manufacturer of wood alternative decking. Um, I think you've heard of them, Sam, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, I actually have them at home, Shannon. So there you go. Yeah, what a lovely birthday. example. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, I know. It's like a composite, right? Mm-hmm. So And it, it weathers very well. So from a maintenance point of view, uh, I don't need to um, do anything. It Perfect. just looks the same today as what it did three years ago when I put it down. <laughs> So, and, and basically, as everything has sold off under, you know, consumer confidence fears and supply chain concerns, um, it was just hit um, hit with that as well. 
Um, but they've been focusing um, on their companies um, and understanding and how they're impacted by these supply chain mm-hmm. shortages yeah. and making sure that um, the businesses they own are able to withstand yeah. this. And from our conversations, I, I think they really are, you know. Yeah, and I think it was quite interesting. I'm sure it was, was Mark that said that some of them, because they're small companies, they have been able to pivot their su- supply chains. So I think 95% of the... Um, the input they've been able to get quite easily and it's been that elusive 5% uh, to make the final product um, has been elusive to some extent. Um, so what they've been able to do is that they've been able to innovate themselves out of that supply chain issue, which I thought actually was really, really interesting yeah, to really. hear. Yeah. Because, Incredible. you know, do you just sit there and go, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But like, as we know, and it's one of our main themes, man is great at innovating, Mm -hmm. you know, and finding solutions, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what other fund managers have said. Maybe the supply chain shortages that we have seen won't be here or won't be structural in, you know, 18 to 24 months because we will be able to innovate our way out Mm -hmm. of them. And at some point the market will see through them as well, which is what what we heard from a few of the managers um, and also, because we are one step removed, it's really interesting to speak to the fund managers who speak to the CEOs and the teams and the CFOs yeah. and the people really at the coalface. Um, and for Montanaro um, in particular, um, he met, he did mention that on the whole, the messages from those management teams was positive and yeah. reassuring. And there were no, as we said, screaming fires to put mm. out. You know, we did ask, was there any anybody who was bracing for, you know, imminent recession or end of the world? And he said, no, you know, they're all, they're seasoned professionals. It's not their yeah. first rodeo. I think, I think what he, yeah, it was a very good point. And what he also said was that, Unfortunately, markets at the moment are driven are being driven by macro influences, whereas the micro or the fundamentals that are coming out of these companies actually is still really robust. But when com- you know when the markets start to panic about rising interest rates and inflation, you know, and you know the conflict that is going on, you know, in Eastern Europe, you know, people start to ignore those mm-hmm. fundamentals and no matter how good they are you know it, until it takes he was in fact it made me smile when we were talking about markets when he said initially there is denial then there is fear where everything just goes right re- and he said he reckons that we're kind of like halfway through to three quarters of the way through on fear then you get to the bottom and there's capitulation and then there tends to be a v-shaped recovery mm-hmm. so it was quite interesting to say that you know the market is really ignoring the fundamentals of these small and mid-cap companies in which he's investing and just going off the headline news you know which creates fantastic opportunities for him and exactly. the rest of the team yeah um so yeah i think i think we've met um a couple of other fund managers and we've been really pleased as well so um the trips will continue um we have some more lined up we over do. the next few months um so we look forward to updating you on those i think a nice um conclusion or a way to round up would be um it's obviously been a very rocky start to the year as sam said i mean um there to launch a fund into such a period of volatility was obviously never the plan (laughs) (laughs) but it was also right markets had also fallen quite heavily so when you look at that you know i would prefer to be buying at something that has fallen um, exactly rather than buying at the peak right I think what's been really interesting is that, um, you know, when we spoke about this, and in fact, if you go onto our website, you can actually see Shannon and I on stage in Jersey. Um, 
which is quite frightful to watch um, as the person <laughs> actually doing it. Um, apparently, it's not quite so bad if you're not in a starring role. Um, but like we said, um, the themes that sit within Global Solutions right now um, are suitable for today and for the future. But we keep on top of those themes to ensure that they are still robust, that there is longevity. And over time, yes, there will there will be changes, I imagine. But it's things like, if you think about the conflict in Ukraine, um, you know, and there has been questions about energy, energy prices have risen, energy security. If anything, that should make um, something like an energy transition fund or storage of energy even more important. And I think that is exactly what we've been hearing, right? Everything has, you know, food security, for example. Who knew? before the war broke out that Ukraine was the breadbasket of the world. I certainly didn't. No, but we do now. Um, So food security is as equally Mm -hmm. important. So, you know, if anything, and and they're one of the funds or a couple of the funds that have done quite well over this, over since launch anyway. So I've I've been, you know, it's a learning, you know, every day is a learning day, Um, but it has been absolutely fascinating. I personally have found this as being one of the most exciting investment opportunities that we've seen. Um, we've Definitely. met some fantastic fund managers mm-hmm. um, and we will always do our utmost to ensure that you're fully informed, that we're always doing the best. You've been very generous to be, you know, to put us as stewards of your capital and we take that role exceptionally seriously. So Wonderful. here's like, maybe we'll do another podcast update in a couple of months maybe when we're six months old and maybe the markets will all be up and it'll be wonderful yeah (laughs) we we look forward very much to updating you on that in the future thank you very much thank you bye-bye